Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Welcome to Stewardship Insights, a brief conversation to help you become a better stewardship leader. With me today is Chris Gillard, and we're going to tackle the question of how do you recruit great volunteers? Chris, I know you've recruited many volunteers in your 15 years plus of ministry. So why don't we just start with trying to equip our stewardship leaders out there how to be better at recruiting volunteers? Mm. Well, you know, obviously this is one of the most important things that we do in stewardship ministry. It should never be all about one person on whether that's one volunteer or one, st- you know, one staff person or whatever. Um, it's really about having a team of people who care about being good stewards and helping others do the same. And so, mm-hmm. first of all, I guess one of the things that I would say is that whenever I work with people that are considering coming into the ministry, I have a few things in mind. One is I always want to cast a vision for what the ministry is about mm-hmm. and, and help them to understand really why the ministry is important, why it's significant to the church and how they can make it a, a really a significant impact on people's lives. So to me, it's the vision casting is really important. We can come back and talk more about part of that. I think the other thing is that as a leader, my personal passion for biblical stewardship is one of the things that I constantly hear back from my own volunteers that they like about me. In other words, um, it's very endearing in terms of they see that I'm working to live it out, that I'm passionate about it, and my passion inspires them. And so it's one of those things that I hear back from people like they just like to be around me. And I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. It's not that. I don't want it to sound that way. But the fact is that I care deeply about this ministry. And when they see that I care deeply about it, it leads them to care about it as well. So I think that's one of the things that people need to see is from the leader is that they care a lot about the ministry. And then ultimately, in bringing people into the ministry and then, you know, working with them over time and, and whether that's, you know, kind of training them or pouring into them, what have you, it's very relational and it, and it should be, it's more fun that way. Of course. But, uh, you know, ministry is relational. It's meant to be, and we're influencing other people. But for me as, as my ministry team, I always viewed my role as really leading them and caring for them and helping making sure that my ministry team, my volunteer team is growing. And I mean that, that they're growing personally themselves because my job is to pour into them because their job was actually to do the ministry and pour into all the people in, in, that were coming in to be helped. And so I, I looked at my role, uh, not as doing the ministry, but actually as kind of leading the ministry and pouring into the volunteers so that the volunteers could actually do their job well. That's great. Now, I wish I came into the ministry with that mindset, but I didn't. I was very much a, a doer, like get out of the way, let me get it done kind of guy. So I started out with just creating a process that everybody could just kind of follow very clearly. And I think part of my motivation was I knew they were volunteering and they had limited time that they wanted to engage and be there. They didn't want to be there like me full time. So my desire was to really create something that would work very smooth for them. Like they would know every step of what they're supposed to do. And I think there's certain value to making sure that they know what they're being asked to do. So that's part of it. Make sure that they understand their job description, what's expected of them, what tasks you're going to ask them to do, how much time they have to spend, all of that. I think that's important. But I didn't realize 
that I was in the way. After a while, I needed to get out of the way and let them actually take charge. And I think that's part of it, to realize that, just as you said, Chris, part of our job is to recruit people to do the work of ministry, which means that we have to take a different role. We may have been the, the authority and the guy who's been teaching everything, doing all the counseling, doing everything. But over a very short period of time, we need to understand that our job is actually to recruit and train others and give them that role. And then we step back and just minister to them and build them up to be more effective. So I love that you share that because I think that's a gold, gold nugget that everybody needs to understand. The sooner you understand that, the more effective your ministry is going to be long term. Well, I think also then if we don't get that piece, we become a bottleneck. Mm-hmm. Because all of a sudden everything has to come through us. We feel like we need to be part of everything. We need to be teaching right. every class. We, right. you know, so I very quickly learned, I mean, Saddleback's a big church, obviously. And I very quickly learned as a volunteer, when I first started building our financial coaching ministry, I realized there's no way that I as one person can serve all these people. So I instantly went out and started recruiting people that I thought would be good at helping others. And so I sort of built the ministry that way. Even with that, and I'm actually say I would say that I'm, I'm a pretty good delegator. And yet I've still run into that at times where I become the bottleneck mm-hmm. and I'm constantly telling my, you know, my volunteers that I may be the pastor on staff, but the truth is they're the ministers. Their job is to, to minister to people. That's what God's called them to. You know, we believe strongly that every member of the body of Christ is a minister, right? So they're the ministers. I'm an ad minister. I used to tell them like my job is I'm, I'm just, I'm going to keep the ministry running so that you can do the ministry. So I'm right. kind of behind the scenes And the more, you know, I would teach classes and that kind of stuff, but I'm always kind of raising up other teachers. So I'm working with them and kind of being part of the team. But the truth is, it's sort of like being a coach. You you know, at some point you're you're part of the team. You love the team. The players know it. But when the game starts, you get off the field and the guys do the work. You know what I'm saying? That's right. So I had to learn, like, I got to get off the field and let them play. You know what I mean? Um, And that really allows them to grow and flourish. So anyway, so well said, but I just thought I'd piggyback onto that a little bit. That's great. Now, couple of things about recruiting volunteers, you know, just practical things that we want to talk about is how do you actually go out and recruit people? I mean, yes, you somewhat know now some of the things that you need to do and the perspective you need to have, but how do you actually do it? How do you do it, Chris? Mm, um, that's a great question. There's a, uh, and I think for somebody who's starting a ministry, it's going to look a little differently. So I would say once you get up and running, and it might even be this, you have a program or two, not really a full ministry, but as you get up and going, one of the things that I do is it's usually about once a quarter and it's not exactly quarterly. So, you know, but roughly I have what I call a vision night and that vision night is to bring people in that have expressed interest in the ministry, have a meeting so that they can meet each other. They can meet me, meet some of my, some of the key volunteers and talk to them about here's how the ministry works. And there's a few things I think are really important when, when, when somebody's initially considering being part of, the ministry, they have a, they're going to have in the back of their head a few questions. Number one is, what's the time commitment? You know, do I have to be here every day? Because if that's the case, I probably, it's not going to work for me. You know, in other words, will this fit into their busy life? Number two, are you going to provide training for me? So you're going to help me to actually be good at what I do. So I always want to make sure people understand that I've got training processes in place, that you don't have to come in and be an expert that if you have a passion around helping other people, I can help you learn the skills and you can minister to other people and whatever that is, whether that's as a coach or leading a group or what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other thing is too, is expectations I think are really important. As the leader in the ministry on that vision night, I talk about what are the expectations that I would have on them as volunteers so that they can get a sense for that. And then 
the last thing that I would say is really the kind of the big vision piece that I, that I mentioned earlier. People always want to be part of something that's bigger than they are. So if they think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to help people do a budget. Well, that's probably not going to create a ton of enthusiasm, right? And there might be a few people that are interested in doing that, but that's not really what's going to drive the ministry. The ministry ultimately is when people really get the idea that they're helping people to get a hold of their finances. They're helping them to grow closer to Christ. They're building the kingdom and they're doing something that supports the life of the church. All of those things at one time. And they're actually doing something that's really, really big. And it is influencing the life of our entire church family when this ministry is done well. And when people start to get that and how important it is to the church, now all of a sudden they go, wow, this isn't just like, you know, some small thing on the side. This is really a significant thing. Mm-hmm. And I get to be part of it. And I want them to feel that. That's, you know, part of the vision, part of the enthusiasm I want them to get from me is that sense that I'm, impo- I'm this is really important because it is. And it's something that's much larger than themselves. I mean, they're part of something that's big, part of something that's culturally uh, ingrained into the, into the fiber of the church. And they get to be part of that. They get to make a difference. And that'll certainly preach more than, hey, we have a need and need you to fulfill it, right? No volunteer really wants to go and just meet a need. They want to make a difference. And I think that's what you're saying is you cast that vision to say, you're not just coming to provide a service. You're coming here to make a difference in a person's life. And that will keep you coming back because you can't, you, you can't get enough of that, right? Because it's God's work. I mean, it's God's work in us and through us. And I, and I absolutely love everything you shared because it is uh, really the keys to starting out the right way. And recruiting volunteers is part of the ministry. You can't do it on your own. It's something that you need to do with a group of people. So a couple of recaps here. It's about relationship, not about numbers. It's not about having a lot of people. It's about have, having the right people and knowing that you as a stewardship leader will pour into them. That's your role. And it's about being passionate. If you're passionate, as Chris said, they want to come because they see him living this out. So you have to live it out and they'll just follow your lead. And together, all of you will make a, a tremendous difference in, in your church. And then have clear uh, directions and, and job descriptions and times that you need to commit that they know exactly what the, the skills are necessary, how you're going to train them. And then, of course, give them opportunity to serve. Empower them to do it. Don't be the bottleneck. That's really a big lesson here. Don't be the bottleneck. As soon as you can, get out of the way, empower your leaders, and let them do the ministry. Chris, any last thoughts? I guess, you know, one other thing I would say is just in recruiting people into a financial stewardship ministry to be really careful about is that they're there with the right heart to serve. One of the rules we have in our ministry is you can never use the ministry to kind of get clients or to market something or something like that. And I think that's sort of a fear that a lot of church leaders have that we don't want to do something that's going to open that door. So just make sure that that's really clearly laid out. And the last thing I would say is that if somebody is really trying to build a stewardship ministry, if they've not been to the stewardship impact workshop that CSN Mm -hmm. leads, I think that's something that, you know, at, at our website at ChristianStewardshipNetwork.com to find out when is the next Stewardship Impact Workshop and go. It's a one-day workshop, but it really, there's a lot of tools they'll get from that. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like taking this short conversation and kind of unpacking over the course of the day with other stewardship leaders. And most people have found that to be very, very transformational in, the, in their uh, stewardship leadership. Agreed. Thank you for putting in that plug. Stewardship Impact Workshop. The next one will be at the beginning of our CSN annual forum, which you can learn more about if you go to ChristianStewardshipNetwork.com. You can also gain access to more resources and content if you go there. So by all means, take advantage of this website and all the resources that we offer there. And thank you so much for joining us for the Stewardship Insights. We'll see you next time.